what a day at Euro 2020. Denmark, Denmark in the midst of such emotional turmoil, make it to the round of 16 after a very impressive win against Russia. Amazing. A, a huge inspiration for Christian Eriksen, the fans and the team. Of course, Denmark is the story of the day. Plus, we have much more, including our preview for Tuesday as England face Czech Republic and Croatia face Scotland, Netherlands as well. We talk this much more. Betting tips. Jimmy Conrad is in the house. Gigo Lasso begins right now. Hey, everybody. I wanted to let you know about what's on CBS Sports HQ this week. As always, CBS Sports HQ is the network to start your sports news day at 8 a.m. Eastern with Morning Buzz, an hour of highlights, news, and all the days need to know. And come back or leave us on all day at 6 p.m. where we break down all the night's action and release dozens of picks from the best analysts and cappers in the sports world. How to watch HQ? It's easy. Go to your Roku, Apple TV, Fire TV, really most connected TVs, and look for the CBS Sports app. Fire it up. Check out HQ, the only 24-7 free, free, you hear me? Free sports streaming network. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Kigo Lasso. Amazing scenes in Copenhagen 2020, Euro 2020. Jimmy Conrad in the house. Jimmy, what's up, Dad Joke Champ? How are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you? And happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there and all the single moms that are doing it as fathers as well. We respect you and we appreciate you and you're making the world a better place. And I'm here. I'm excited. For all the reasons that you're excited, Luis, and for everybody else, the Euros are really popping off. We're getting into the games that are going to decide who goes on and who goes home. Absolutely. Did you have a good Father's Day weekend, by the way? I saw you in Austin chilling out. I was. I was in Austin, Texas for Austin FC's first ever home game in their history. So to be able to witness history with that set of fans and, and you know, they've been waiting for so long for that moment. It was very, very cool. I had the same opportunity to do it with Minnesota United fans a couple of years ago, and it was awesome to, to do that, even though it was like zero degrees. That wasn't as fun, but uh, <laughs> it was like 100,000 degrees in Austin. But yeah, special experience. Another beautiful, beautiful stadium here in the United States, which is only going to continue to grow the game here. So it was, it was really special to be a part of it. That's great. Yeah. The stadium looks just stunning, stunning. I can't, I can't wait to see more of it as the months, years go along. But Jimmy Conrad mentioned year 2020 and that's what we're here to do. Wow. Scenes, scenes this Monday. And of course we have to begin as Denmark, Denmark, Jimmy Conrad. It's I just don't know where to begin. This game of ours is absolutely amazing. In the midst of tragedy, as they opened, you know, this tournament in with in tragic scenes, an emotional mountain to bear for everybody, the nation, all of us fans, and Christian Eriksen. Uh, glad to see him recuperating out of the hospital, et cetera. Still, just so many things going on with Denmark, that squad, the fans, you know, just even. That game alone, the second one and this one, you just thought it was too much to bear. And statistically speaking, it was difficult for them to even get out of this group as they entered, of course, uh, not in a top two spot. They needed Belgium to do some things and they needed themselves to do some things. And that's exactly what happened. They scored by more than two goals. Belgium won, meaning that Belgium tops Group B and Denmark beating Russia 4-1. Unbelievable. Jimmy Conrad, talked to me. Amazing. It feels right. Let's be honest. I mean, after the players got somewhat forced 
by UEFA to make a decision right after Christian Eriksen essentially died on the field and got resuscitated for them to like, hey, by the way, you, here are your three options and all of them suck. Uh, and you have to make they, it now. <laughs> and you have to make it now without really knowing for sure how Christian Eriksen is going to do and all the unknown around that. This feels fair. It feels right that they got, got everything to fall in their way and now they're going to qualify for the next round. They have a special group of players. They scored some tremendous goals against Russia today, and they were up for it. And they had to take advantage of it. They did have three home games. Let's leave the Christian Eriksen stuff aside for a second, if possible, and, and just say they had three home games. So they had to take advantage of it, and I think it really helped them spur on and give them that belief. You know, you hit that first goal against Russia, which was a great one with the 20-year-old replacement for Christian Eriksen. What a tremendous uh, first goal. And just all of a sudden, because that the stadium's full with your fans that are there to support you and your team, I think that really gave them the boost that they needed. Had that game been in Russia, I don't think they would have had the same type of, same type of sentiments, right? So it, it was meant to be. That's all I'm going to say. After the Christian Eriksen stuff, it just felt like, this 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 was right, and for them to get forced to play that game against Finland, uh, I'm excited to see what they're going to do now. This is a team, actually, from a competitive standpoint and a mental standpoint that I wouldn't want to face. They must feel like they've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, when Kasper Michael said, we're going to win this tournament for Ericsson, I mean, pinch your salt, I mentioned it, but you know what? Why not? Anything is possible. And you make a really good point about all these games uh, being in Copenhagen. And, you know, we've talked a lot about how teams have been doing really well this past year with no fans, away, away teams especially, just thinking, oh, you know, mentally I think they're better prepared when they now have to play away from home. But today was a perfect example of how beautiful this game is when you have your fans behind you. They just give you that adrenaline. They really become the 12th person. And it's just so beautiful to see. And we're all Danish fans. And to your point, I don't want to add any more. Uh, you know, the right the right conclusion, uh, at least in the group stage, uh, came to an end, to be honest with you. So happy for Denmark and the squad and the fans. Yeah, I think this is going to really bode well. They play Wales in the round of 16. So uh, Wales has been good. They've been very good. I've been really impressed with their performances, all things considered. And obviously nobody was beating Italy uh, right now. I mean, they're, they're the informed team throughout this tournament. But now Wales has to face another team that's going to be feeling that there's a shot of confidence, this boost of confidence. And then the winner of Wales-Denmark is going to play Netherlands or the third-place team from either Group D, E, or F, which isn't going to be easy either. So that bottom half of the bracket's looking pretty tasty, and that quarterfinal should be really nice. Netherlands is another team. Listen, I'll raise my hand and say I'm not a big fan of Frank DeBoer, but three wins out of three with Vinaldum and Depay and Daniel Mullen all playing Ball don't lie, minds. Jimmy. Ball don't lie. Ball does not lie. So, so... Fair play to Frank DeBoer for figuring out a way to push all the right buttons uh, ahead of this tournament and going into this. And and uh, as much as we were kind of down on the Netherlands going into this, we were all up on Turkey. And now it's been the opposite once the once the tournament actually started and these games started to matter. Absolutely. So our Saturday is set at least around the 16. We have, uh, you know, the game that you mentioned, Wales uh, against Denmark. That should be a good one. And then the second one, Italy against Austria, because Austria were also part of today's games. They beat Ukraine 1-0, um, a goal by Christoph Baum, uh, Baumgartner in the 21st minute, uh, which was a really weird one as well, of a set piece. But hey, we've been talking about Austria and how aesthetically they're not necessarily the nicest, but you know what? Doesn't matter. They're through round the 16. What do you make of them? Yeah, they're tough, Austria. I really like their squad in a lot of different ways. I think they can hurt you. You know, whether it's Arnautovic or, or Sibitzer, who's been playing tremendous, by the way. Uh, 
Yeah, but they can, they can beat you on set pieces. Like you mentioned today, they can, they can whip balls in from out wide. Uh, they can break you down through the middle. It's going to be a tough challenge, I think, for, for Italy. But at some point, Italy was going to run into a team that maybe was a stiffer test than anything they faced in the group stages. That said, I, I still think Italy are not necessarily the heavy favorites, but, but the pretty big favorites. I'm going to throw the pretty big in front of the favorites for them just because of how well they've been playing. 11 straight wins, haven't given, given up a goal in those 11 games. I mean, that's pretty ridiculous numbers, and it's going to take a special, special performance from Austria to beat the Italians. It's fair to say, Jimmy, that in the round of 16, they could have had a stronger opponent. So they should be reasonably happy to be facing Austria, with all due respect to Austria, and Wales, and Denmark. You know, I think they can pretty much size each other up. I think, to your point, Wales is probably looking at Denmark thinking they're coming with a lot of momentum and a lot of confidence and a lot of emotional adrenaline that I think might help them. But I don't think any team in that Saturday round of 16 matchup is going to be severely scared, right? Or, well, I mean, I think Austria out of all of them, right? Italy should be, should feel pretty confident. Yeah, I'm sure Austria is going great. We, we, uh, we got to the round of 16 and now we face the- Who do we have? <laughs> yeah, so they can't be too excited about that matchup when there were probably more favorable ones out there. That said- I actually thought Ukraine was a bit of a dark horse to do something this tournament. I thought they had enough talent in their team to maybe make something happen. But in the game that mattered today against Austria, which could have obviously realized that dream, Austria had 18 shots, four of them on target. Uh, Ukraine only had one shot on target. And so, so I just, I like this Austria team and, and David Alaba, the captain, you know, he's great on set pieces and, they got talent, these guys. I think you can't sleep on the Austrians. I and think Jimmy, it's be you know tough, what? Tough, tough, this tough, game's tough. at Wembley as well. This game's yeah. at Wembley. It's not, you know, this is not Rome anymore, Italy. So, you know, now they're going to be facing, you know, a neutral ground and, you know, in the round of 16. And the Wales-Denmark game is uh, a Johan Cruyff Arena in Amsterdam where Christian Eriksen started his career. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it is amazing. I like that tie-in. Nice. That's a nice job. I think that uh, Christian Eriksen visited training for Denmark. I think him being better and him kind of being quote unquote normal and, and seeming seemingly okay. I don't know about it, the rest of his playing career, but seemingly okay right now. Yeah. I think that just gave a big boost to the team that, that let's just go on and do it. And, and I think they have that unique perspective of this isn't as serious as we need to make it. Let's just go out there and enjoy ourselves, you know, and, and there's bigger things going on in, in life. And, and that could carry them through to a nice run in this. So Wales has got to feel like, man, we're running into the team that has that emotional weight behind them. And now they have some confidence. You know, they beat a pretty good Russia team 4-1 and, and we're looking for more goals there at the end. So yeah, it's just tough. I do think, and I'm curious about your thoughts about this, Luis, and everybody else listening, hit us up on social media with regard to your thoughts. One of these big favorites is going to stumble in the round of 16. They're going to 100%. have that, They're going to have one of those games where maybe they outshoot the other team. Maybe they did but they just can't find their scoring boots, right? And, and the other team's going to get some cheap set piece and they're going to win 1-0. I just don't know if it's going to be Italy against Austria, who's kind of our first uh really kind of heavy favorite to to know who they're going to play against or if it's going to be somebody else that comes out of group D or group F or any other big names that are playing. No, absolutely. And we're actually going to talk about Group D uh, after the break. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, Tuesday has some great action, of course, in Group D. We will be right back. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. 
At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. CBS Friday, TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Everybody, welcome back to Kigo Lasso here with Jimmy Conrad. Jimmy, Tuesday looks good too, and it's Group D. Group D. Let me just uh, set the playing field for everybody. The Czech Republic lead the group with four points. England, uh, they'll be facing them uh, also with four points, but uh, the Czech Republic has a better goal difference. Croatia in third place, and Scotland in fourth, but it's one point for Croatia, one point for Scotland as well. This is very tight. Uh, so, you know, what do we make here? Let's begin with England against the Czech Republic. Gareth Southgate in the press conference today, he was asked about Jaden Sancho. Why doesn't he start? And he's like, well, you know, I just feel like we've got a lot of attacking talent. And I'm just like, yeah, but nobody's doing anything. <laughs> what are your thoughts on England as they face Czech Republic? Well, they definitely underperformed. And there is one story that I think is relevant today because we just saw the Dutch play and, and uh, they look very good. Now, when I look at Gini Vinaldum, right, we see that he had that opportunity to go to, to Barcelona. And before the tournament starts, Luis, he makes it clear he's going to go to PSG instead. His <laughs> off-the-field issues are resolved. He can have peace. And I think you've, you've performed enough in your life and all different facets that when you don't have peace in your off-the-field kind of life, it does impact what happens to you on the field. You're, I see you're where you're going, Jimmy. Your, your focus is different, right? <laughs> Thank you. I, so hopefully everybody's picking up what I'm putting I down I love here. it. I love it. But but so you have Gene Vinaldum, right? Mm. The guy has been unbelievable, but he has made his decision. And you can tell he's at peace, it, peace with it. And he scored two again today. Memphis Depay, another one of his teammates. First game of this tournament hadn't been determined yet, whether it hadn't been announced yet. Maybe it was determined behind the scenes, but it hadn't been announced. It wasn't out there. So he still had to answer questions. He didn't play particularly well in the first game. Once it gets announced... The next two games, Memphis Depay is lights out. The guy is lights out. He's crushing it, and he's on top of it. It's it's, And he has it. It's done. It's set. He knows where he's going to go. Everybody else knows where he's going to go. He can now have a lot of peace in that decision. Now we let's fast forward now to England. I'm going to focus on Harry Kane. Not happy with his club. Doesn't know where he's going to go. And he looks distracted when he's out on the field, Luis. And, and that is a big problem. They need their number nine. Whoever ends up playing in that spot, either Harry Kane or Dominic Calvert-Lewin or whoever else, to, to, they have to have a little bit more consistency and steadiness from that spot. He can't, he can't disappear. Now, that's not all on Harry Kane, right? He's got to get service. He's got to be in good spots. He Hopefully, he can play against a team that isn't sitting five guys in a line, so he has some areas to run into. But if you're a player that's going to demand 100 to $120 million to come on a transfer fee, you got to be able to show up no matter what is thrown at you, and Harry Kane hasn't done yeah. enough. And so that is interesting for me with regard to Gareth Southgate because, and I'll say this really quick because I want to hear your thoughts about England's situation as well. He has this opportunity. We, we all know, everybody knows in this group, everybody watching the, the tournament knows that whoever gets second is probably in a better position than getting first because if you get first, you're going to play the second best team in group F, which you want to avoid because it could be you know Portugal, France, or Germany, and all of those can hurt you uh, at any time. 
But if you get second, your, your, your way is a little bit easier. And, and England did that in the 2018 World Cup where they finished second, and that helped them get the easier road to get to the semis. This time around, though, Gareth Southgate is in a, in, in a unique position because he can maybe tinker with his team. And if it doesn't work out, Luis, all right, well, we got second. <laughs> but but if, if it does work out, well, maybe you've now unlocked who your best starting 11 is. So I think that a Southgate tries to work it. He, he's a kind of in a win-win situation, in my humble opinion, where he could bring on a Sancho. He could bring on a, a Saka. He could Grealish could start. You could maybe throw a Dominic Calvert-Lewin out there or maybe just carry Kane around other players and see what happens, you know, and, and, and roll the dice in that way. And if it doesn't work out, you get second and that's cool. And if, if it does, maybe you have a better idea what your best 11 looks like. Because right now, I just don't think that Southgate knows who his best 11 is. I 100% agree with you on everything you just said. Like, you just got to you gotta roll the dice. I mean, we're going to go on CBS Sports HQ tomorrow, and I'm literally just going to say that thing. Like, you just <laughs> have, you, you have to gamble. Listen, I, I grew up in England. I, I know this team well. Um, you know, obviously, when you grew up there, you also know about it. It's this hot historical record in, in tournaments and stuff. Since 1966, this has been the everlasting curse, this inability to just go in with two feet, to gamble, to go for it, to just say, you know what, we may lose, but let's try really, really hard and let's gamble doing it. It's, it's just this conventional, hesitant, passive sort of mentality has to go away. And unfortunately, I haven't seen Anything from Gareth Southgate. Listen, when, you do, when you're doing Euro qualifiers or World Cup qualifiers, you're going to face against European competition that you're just better at. You just, just because of the individual matchups, you're going to do it. But you never wow me, England. You never make me go, oh, my God, that was amazing. And you have. The problem is, is that in this tournament, you have the personnel to do that. You have it. And if one thing's not working in the first game and the Scotland game totally showed you that it's not working, to your point about Harry Kane, it's not going to happen, but I don't think he should start. Honestly, he's not doing anything. I'm not, it, I, get, I get it. It's not his fault completely, right? But wouldn't you rather have somebody else that's trying to prove them point a little bit better? I also don't think he's 100% fit, by the way. I also think, I, I feel like... I, I think there's he, a lot going on with him, to yeah. be honest. And to your point about the Man City bid, that, that's got to be in his head. He doesn't want to be at Tottenham. They don't have a manager right now. They don't have a vision. I know that he just wants to focus clearly on Euro 2020, but you're a human being. You can't help it. So everything you said, Jimmy, I totally agree. I just think he's, his judgment is clouded, whatever, but it's not just him. Jay, you know, your midfield is good. It's not great. You didn't beat Scotland. I, I think Scotland are great, but honestly, it was an absolute bore fest from an England perspective. You got to gamble in this game. One shot, you, on, uh, one shot on goal in that game. Terrible. One shot on goal. and Terrible. And to your point, to your point, just my final thing, to your point, you know, if, if you lose this game, at least you did it by trying something and maybe you end up second and whatever. You just, you got to gamble it. I know, I know I'm a broken record. Start Jack Grealish, start Jaden Sancho, DCL, just put him in, whatever. Utilize your fullbacks more. Tell him to go forward a little bit more. Do something because right now it's not happening. And, and it worries me that once again, the same old story is going to happen with England. I just don't think you can roll out the same team. No, and... you can't. You cannot. You cannot do that. <laughs> but, 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 I think there's that dread. I'm not even, I'm obviously not an English fan, uh, but, but obviously I have a lot of respect for them. 
I feel all my friends that are English. I think the dread is he's going to roll out the same team. Yeah. And now he's actually got a decision to make with Harry Maguire, who Jamie Carragher came out and said on Twitter that you should start Maguire because he's better than Tyrone Mings. But Tyrone Mings has been one of his best players of the tournament. I, I understand. So, so I wonder what's going to happen there because <laughs> if, if Southgate starts Harry Maguire over Mings, I think you lose a couple of your players. I think, I think Mings would probably understand it, but also wouldn't understand it. I'm, I'm playing as well as I've ever played. We haven't given up a lot of chances. We've got two consecutive clean sheets. They actually have four consecutive clean sheets. If you count the two friendlies, he's before. been their best player. I can't, I can't think of I, understand, I know, but, but, but when Carragher comes out and says you should be starting McGuire, I don't necessarily agree with Jamie Carragher on that. I think you go with the one that's the player that's actually sharp and proving that he's good to go. Harry McGuire hasn't played in a while. You don't have that, that match sharpness. And then if he rolls out, so say he puts in Harry Maguire and then he keeps rolling out Harry Kane, what everybody on the team knows, and this is me speaking from a lot of experience, that maybe that player isn't playing very well right now and you've got somebody else that's training better. Yeah. You, it's a personal I, it, preference, personnel thing, and, and I then, don't but like then, it. Yeah. But you might start to lose some of your other guys that are like, it doesn't matter how well I play, I'm never going to get into the team. The fact that Jaden Sancho can't get a sniff and that the third string goalkeeper for Italy has more minutes in the Euro than Jaden Sancho. It's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. The Scotland game, when Jack Grealish came on, he took him on for, for Phil Foden. What, what are you doing? Like, that's not what you're trying to do here. Like, it, it's just, there are so many things um, that I hope to see in this lineup against Czech Republic, I feel like it's not going to happen. All right, so g- give me your betting picks. Do, do we have what's going on? Uh, I, I do, but I'm kind of like all over the place with these things. I'm like emotionally attached to how England's going to, or how Gareth Southgate. So am I, my friend. But screw it, we just got to okay, do it. Right? So there, there's there's an odds boost uh, on on William Hill yeah. that a head that a header will be scored at plus one ninety. That's pretty good. And I'm looking at this because Czech Republic Patrick Schick has already shown that he can score. On, on, he already scored in the first game off a header, off a set piece. They've got some dangerous people. So does England. John Stones hit one off the post against Scotland. That obviously changes everything. He should have scored that, by the way. He had both corners, no pressure. He should score. Oh, that. he was open, wide open. Both teams are very good in the air. And a header to be scored by either team for plus 190, I just think that's something we should all consider. I like that bet. Harry Kane did get on the end of something on crosses. I do think that. England haven't done as good of a job as they could have in whipping in crosses. If Luke Shaw starts, I think sometimes, and this isn't isolated to England, but there are times where I think England and other teams try too hard to get in that perfect quote unquote, perfect crossing spot. That's a little bit more even uh, than, than maybe hitting them from deeper. Sometimes you can catch that little pocket, you know, right by the penalty spot, you yeah. can catch a back line sleep and you can attack it a little bit more. And we see that with five minutes left in a game, you know, when there's that urgency, I hate when teams wait till that. Why don't you just do that from the very beginning? You know, and I just think that England in particular have good horses, you know, even if things Harry Kane can maybe just like, just get it knocked down so that Phil Foden or Sterling or hopefully uh, Sancho or Grealish, you know, they can pick up that ball. Mason Mount can come in and kind of smash that second ball. That's just hanging around the top of the box or whatever it is. Yeah. It feels hopeful at times, but if the runs are are made with purpose, it, it's not hopeful anymore. You're actually more in control of of the action than than it maybe looks like on TV. So I'm looking at that, and then just for fun, if Jaden Sancho does get the start, and I think we're all hoping that there's a little bit of a different look there. And by the way, just to add to that point, Mason Mount and Ben Chilwell, you know, are are self isolating as a precaution after coming in close contact with uh, Billy Scotland's Gilmore. Billy Gilmore. So right. you know, there's an open space there. Maybe I don't know. Keep going. Go ahead. No, I just have Jaden Sancho to score anytime plus 240. 
the only reason I'm looking at that, it's pretty good value for him in particular, is if he gets to play. Obviously, this this bet, I would feel a lot better about it if he starts. Yeah. We all know we all know Southgate's not going to give him 90. He's going to give him 60 minutes, right? But if he starts, at least he'll get 60. If he doesn't and he's on the bench, I bet you he gives him 30, depending on how it's going. I will say, though, I think Sanchez is going to have a point to prove when when he comes on the field. And oh, yeah, for sure. Plus 240 for him to score any time is really good value for someone of his talent. And so that would just be something else to throw at you guys. Outside of that, listen, I'm going to give you the lines of like, basically, I think it's going to be under two and a half goals. England have only scored one goal in two games. We've just said that their their offense is sputtering. They're not starting the right guys. I don't see that being unlocked in 90 minutes, even if they change it up. So, and Czech obviously knows they need, only need to draw two. I kind of liken it to Italy's game. Um, who did Italy just play? I just blanked. They just beat... Um, oh, um... Uh, Jesus, Switzerland? Oh, no. my God. Well, Why they, am I blanking? Who's in the other... Uh, who's uh, sorry, uh, Switzerland? Every, every, no, they just beat... No, everybody's me. shouting at us right now. Yeah. They beat Wales 1-0. That's the one. And so, both of those... <laughs> we knew years, that, everybody, all right? We're just testing you. There's so there's so many... Everybody's like, Wales, it's Wales. But but they knew they just needed a draw. Like, both teams just needed a, needed a draw. I actually nailed my bets on HQ with this one. I said exact score 1-0 to, to Italy and that all the action was going to happen in the first half because once the game was settled... Even if Wales lost by a slim margin, they were still going to go through, and they knew that. Mm. So, so and that's exactly how it played out. I feel like we could see something similar. Hey, if the game gets to 1-1 or 0-0 at half, hey, listen, we're all friends here. Let's just end as a draw, and everything will be cool. And I think everybody will kind of take their foot off and be more conservative in the second half. But the first half, I think, again, is just where the action is going to be. Yeah. So you can look at any first-half bets for some of that action. But if you want England to win in under 2.5 goals, it's plus 200. If you want the draw and under two and a half goals, that's plus 300, which I can see a 0-0-1-1 here. That's very good. Czech Republic win in under two and a half goals, plus 1,000. Now, I don't get the sense that Czech are going to win because of how stout defensively England have been. They haven't given up too many chances, even though Scotland did have a couple of good looks. I think that England will continue to have it under wraps, even if Harry Maguire starts over Tyrone Mings. So I'm kind of leaning towards England to win in under two and a half goals, plus 200. And the draw under two and a half goals plus 300, but that check to win one zero or something like that, plus a thousand is crazy. I so mean, anyway, that's really I, good. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm that's going for the narrative. I'm looking for the under a little bit, but now of course, you know, because the euros are crazy, uh, it's going to be some like four, three thriller, but um, I doubt the Czech Republic would allow that. I think, I think the no, under, that's true. I that's think true. the under is good. I, I, I'm going with that narrative as well, because I just don't see, I, I once again, don't see England wowing me. And that falls under a very slim margin of a, of a score, uh, possibly a draw. Part of me is going for a draw where both teams just go through and everybody's still underwhelmed by, by both sides, most specifically England. Yeah, because I, I referenced Italy-Wales and because I felt really good about the action happening in the first half. And, and then at halftime, both managers were going to kind of look at this pragmatically and be like, okay, listen, this is the result we need. Just lock it down. Yeah. If, if either one of these teams scores first and they can get to halftime with that lead, then you can already kind of see how it's going to unfold in the second half, especially if it's a draw in the first half. You're like, all right, let's just, let's just be safe here. Both teams are like, let's just be safe. All we need is a draw. So the second half I think is going to lack action unless somebody needs to chase the game a little bit. So, so there's, I wish I would have, honestly, I wish I would have considered this and, and I didn't, I didn't get on the pod, but on HQ, I wish I would have said Italy was going to win the first half and the draw, draw the second half, because that would have paid plus 500 it would have been five to one. If you want England to win the first half and draw the second half, that's plus 400. 
Or if you if you think that both halves are going to be a draw, it's plus three sixty. I just want to throw that at everybody so they they can hear it and maybe just try to find the best yeah, value. Just Obviously, ha- have it hovering around them and yeah, see if they want it. Yeah, but 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 I don't know if England's going to be the team. It depends on how you're feeling. Um, well, I, judging by the way that we started this conversation, we're not feeling great, but we we will see. And by the way, just one more point. It's funny, isn't it? Because we've been talking about. Uh, Denmark and their home advantage and Italy as well in Rome and stuff. England is the one team that doesn't matter if they're in Wembley or, you know, or Lima Callao in Peru. It doesn't matter. They just don't, it, they don't use their home base as an advantage. Sometimes it's kind of, I don't know what that's meant to mean, but I, don't, sometimes I, don't know. I just want more. I just Maybe. want more from them at Wembley. It's kind of weird. Maybe they're the Manchester United of the national international game. Yeah, yeah. They're better away from home without being under the spotlight and all the pressure. Early, uh, early Oligon and Social Man United or like sort of towards the end of the season? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Good question. Good question. <laughs> it depends if Lindelof and Bailly are starting in the back yeah, or not. Exactly. Of, uh, well, no, no matter what, Maguire's starting, right? So it doesn't matter. <sighs> this is good. So, so ultimately, I want to give us allow us to to say we don't know who England is going to start and I think that would really change and influence how we looked at these bets but I do think that where I do feel pretty certain regardless of who's starting I do think the under two and a half goals is the play and if I if I let me see here if I had to see the under in general is minus 160 if you just wanted to bet the under it's not great value you have to bet 160 to win 100 yeah over over two and a half goals is plus 130 if you're feeling like there's some goals, I would go if I mean in your heart and you're like, no, nah, man, this is it. England's gonna blow up. They're finally gonna score some goals. It's gonna be a good game. Yeah, it's not happening. Well, yeah, if but if you wanted to, go bet right, the right. over. If you now, disagree, plus, yeah, yeah. Plus 130 is is great value for the over, but just just how stout defensively it is. And because both teams just need a draw to get to the round of 16, and because if they get a draw, England finishes in that coveted second spot, so they don't have to play anybody from group F. It just kind of sets up to to be a little bit more conservative in this one. And Cherubol is only considered a goal. Uh, you know, is you yeah. know they're, they're pretty they're pretty stout defensively. All right, quickly talk to me about Croatia, Scotland. Uh, big game, obviously, both on one point, uh, all to play for. All to play for. My fear is who's going to score for either nation. You know, Scotland haven't scored yet. I thought they looked actually pretty good against uh, England, and I thought Che Adams was a nice addition to the starting lineup. I think he'll get another start this time. I'm curious to see without Billy Gilmore, who I thought was very good against England as well. Gotcha player. Yeah, I just thought he was he 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 was nice. I thought he was um, he put in a really good shift against England, and I think he'll be a big loss for the team. You're never gonna when I look at Scotland, you're never gonna lack in terms of work rate and desire and and being tough to play against. It's just can they have in those moments that that little bit of composure in the attacking third in 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 the box to 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 bury a, a good Croatia team who are still a bit of a sleep you know they've only won two out of their last 11 under their man this manager Dalic yeah and that's that's not a good look but I think we can all sense these guys are a bit of a sleeping giant it's just a matter of whether they can figure it out against Scotland and because both know that they have to win yeah this is this is a interesting game well, I tell you one thing about this game. I feel like Scotland should kind of use the same blueprint as it did against England. Like they should just not overdo it, completely try and contain the midfield, just be a little bit more reactive. And obviously, I think the key with Croatia is minimizing the creative players, right? And, you know, who, you know even at this age of Luka Modric, you know, he, he's still very important. Like, you know, so you just got to contain, got to contain and I think rely on the counter a little bit. You don't have a creative player in Billy Gilmore, but you do have still a lot of presence 
in the middle and you just got to take your chances, which is kind of what Scotland did against England. I feel, look at that game. I'm sure that Steve Clark is doing that. Looking at that game against England saying, listen, we can match up to anybody, to anybody. We just have to make sure that we don't do anything stupid. Yeah, it's tough because then I, I try to lean. If we get into the over-under of this game, which way you think it's going to go, Luis? I mean, do you think it's going to be a goal fest? Probably not. I mean, Croatia only got two shots on goal against Czech Republic in their last one. Czech Republic only had one goal against Croatia, or one shot, excuse me, against Croatia, and it was the penalty. So uh, it's, it's I don't know, it's tough. This Croatia team can be very tough to, to break down. And, so what do you think is going to happen? I just, when I look at this Croatian team, this is the last gasp for a lot of these players. And this is their probably last Euro championship. They're going to have the World Cup. Yeah. And then and then that's it. I mean, Luka Modric is going to move on. Perisic will probably move on. I mean, you're going to lose a lot of guys that have been so key to their success for a long time. Yep. Sometimes when you can feel that as a player and your group can feel that collectively, sometimes that, that can urge you on. Now, Scotland, obviously, first time in the Euros since 1996. So, you know, they're going to have their own sense of urgency. It's a tough one. It's a really tough one for me. I, uh, my heart says Scotland, but I feel it's going to be a Croatia win. Uh, they're just, you know, they have to utilize their experience, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, listen, when I look at the goal for Croatia has only scored once. Paris has scored right after halftime. Very good goal. And, and they've given up two. Okay. They weren't great against England. They weren't that great against Czech Republic, but they're still in it with a chance. And then you have Scotland, who I thought looked very good against England, not so good against Czech Republic, even though they didn't play too bad against Czech Republic. They actually scored or actually had a couple good opportunities. They obviously gave up the goal of the tournament and, and uh, you know, gave up another header. But outside of that, there wasn't too much that the, that, that uh, really were different between the two teams, all things considered. Czech Republic just, just made the plays at the right time. It's, yeah, it's interesting. So it's my only issue is that Scotland haven't scored yet this tournament. And I think Croatia are going to be well aware of that and know how to break them down. I think they're going to watch yeah. that England game. Everybody, they're all going to watch tape of each other. It's just when pound for pound without Billy Gilmore. It's tough. Um, I, I feel like it draws here, but a draw doesn't help either team. No. Ah, it, man. They need a win. They need a win one or the other. I mean, no, I, what, what's I, your, what's your score? I don't know, man. I don't even I know. Say to, I actually say, I, I do think Scotland will score. Um, I, I just think that Croatia will probably be, you know, you know, it might be a late goal from Scotland. Two one to Croatia is what I see. Okay, so Croatia to win in over two and a half goals is plus two forty. The the draw in under two and a half goals, which doesn't help either team, is plus three sixty. So I think we'll. I think the over might hit here. Um, but that said, if you let me just go to. I think this is the over one. Yeah, I think this is the one it, where you might see some goals. Yeah, that Croatia in over is what I say three plus plus two forty. Excuse me. Uh, Scotland to win and over two and a half goals is plus 380. All right. So so those are your options there. I mean, I'm kind of looking at both teams to score. You can look at that as well if you think that's going to happen. I think that both teams will probably hit the back of the net, but they're both going to have to be searching for a winner. So Croatia to win and both teams to score plus 340 and Scotland to win and both teams to score plus 480. I, 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 oh man, just, so I've been doing a ton of research on these games, Luis. Because I obviously want to come on here and, and give everybody that's listening and trying to get advice on this game, some, some expert advice. And we love and, you for it. And, 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 and I appreciate that. Everywhere I've seen, this game has been uh, one, one, one site or some people that I read, uh, well, they're thinking Croatia. The other one's like, eh, I like Scotland. And I, I'm, you can make and build a narrative uh, in, in, in a lot of different ways. So that's where I start to get into more of the exotics and try to find a little bit of more of a different value. But 
It's tough. I, I, I think the over will hit in this one. And let me see really quick what the line is on that, just over and under. So the over two and a half is plus 100. I just, I feel, I feel this is, it's a two, one result because both teams have to go chase it at some point because the draw doesn't to help them at all. That's, that's why I think there's going to be an over. They have to chase it. And that will, that's where, you know, something will give. That's the problem. The, the inconsistency of both of these teams and their need to get a win. They can't just sit for a draw. They need to win. It's going to open some cracks, I think. So I've also been doing something because I've been doing some NWSL betting for HQ mm. and they don't give you as many, like when you're on William Hill, they kind of give you more of the basic lines. They don't get an in depth because they just don't have enough people that know the nuances and subtleties of NWSL. I think that'll change as time goes along. That said, you know, they give you a lot more exotics uh, for, for the euros. And there is one though, that I really like that I found that I hadn't really used before. And it's just total goals in the match. And okay. I'm going to, if you say two to three total goals in this one, it's plus 100. So I, I kind of, I've been using that and I hit it honestly, 75% of the time. I've been pretty good on that. Now you can get into like exact goals, but, but this one gives you two options and plus 100 for two to three total goals. I could see that happening for sure. Um, if you want to make it one to two goals in this game, it's plus 105. I think that two to three feels a little safer than one to two, but maybe you feel different. Uh, three to four is plus 163. If you think it's going to be a little bit more uh, high scoring fest, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. So the total goals, I think two to three plus 100 and the over plus 100 are, are pretty good looks. No, I like that, that. That's where I'm leaning kind of without having to get into the result because I think this game could be crazy. <laughs> it could just because of the reasons I, that we just talked about. I think it could be surprising. Yeah. So this, so ultimately when I, when I feel this way more often than not, I just try to stay away from these types of games. So I'll, I'm, I should have prefaced that, but I do think there are some fun value you guys can find on William Hill. If you go searching. Well, they should be listening to the whole podcast. And know that, you know, you just said that at the end. And if they don't, how dare you, uh, everybody? But anyway, uh, that is our episode for today, Euro 2020. By the way, there's so much more action to come. We'll be talking as well uh, some Copa America later on. I'm sorry we ran out of time today, but you can't. You cannot complain, everybody. We have so much goodness. Jimmy Conrad, always a pleasure, my friend. Final thoughts before we say goodbye, my man. No, no final thoughts outside of, I'm just kidding. Of course I have a final thought. Let's be honest. <laughs> no, I'm just excited. We, 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 I feel very fortunate that, uh, we have all these games to discuss and get into and, and add to the intrigue as much as we love the beautiful game. It's given back to us in a meaningful way. So I'm excited to see who shows up and who doesn't uh, when the games really start to get tight. And, and that's what really separates the men from the boys, as they like to say. Don't talk about it. Be about it, baby. Don't talk hey. about it. Be about it. Jimmy Conrad, he never talked. Well, he does talk about it, but he, I, talk, he, I talk too much. I talk but, he's, too much. <laughs> but he's also about it. Also about it. Always Jimmy, about it. Jimmy C, always a pleasure, my brother. Thank you so much. Thank you, LME. Hey everybody, I want to thank Jimmy Conrad for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Pod. Please listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We're also on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Golasso. Please subscribe and follow us and watch all our videos. We keep going with this Euro 2020, Copa America, and so much more. Thank you so much for your support and listening. Have a great, great rest of your week. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. Drag queens save the world.
RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.